I want to welcome you to the Pro Mindset Podcast. The Pro Mindset Podcast is all about diving into the headspace that results in championship performance. High-performing athletes, winners, have this mental flow and have a positive headspace for their performances and success. Join me, Craig Doman, sports attorney and NFL agent, on this podcast. I will interview pro athletes, college athletes, football coaches, and sports personalities. Together, we can discover how you can get in the flow and have your own pro mindset. Our guest today is Mike Minner, head football coach at Campbell University. Mike, you've got a long track record of success mm-hmm. in football. Mm-hmm. Superstar at Lawton High School and Lawton, Oklahoma. All-American national champion at the University of Nebraska. Uh, Second-round draft pick for Carolina Panthers. 10, 11-year career in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Not as a backup, but as a captain, leader, career tackle leader, mm-hmm. Super Bowl participant. Unfortunately, he lost to Tom Brady in his first Super Bowl, Yeah, right? But uh, I appreciate you being on today, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about pro mindset. We're going to talk about athletes and their yeah. performance. And we're going to talk about you and how what makes you special. What is kind of your secret sauce as a coach mm-hmm. based upon everything you've learned as a player? Mm-hmm. You've had so many football coaches mm-hmm. that are – everybody knows Tom Osborne, mm-hmm. right? John Fox, mm-hmm. those kind of guys. Which coach had the most impact on you and what was it? Wow. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on your show. I, Appreciate I think it. This, is, uh, this is awesome and great. Um, I, I wouldn't say it was one coach had more influence on me than anybody else, right? W- what I will say is, and I, and I believe this is how life is, is that you collect from everybody that you come in contact with. Absolutely. Right? So um, I can remember when I first started playing football, Little League, and my coach from the third grade to the sixth grade was the same coach. And I had a dynamic coach there. And, and he, was a, he was a great leader of understanding how to push people um, to become great with their belief, right? Believe in it. Um, see it. And this is when I first started to understand power of belief. And I can remember now, look, I'm in the fifth grade and I got a headache. So I had a big headache. We we playing in this jamboree, you know, I literally play jamborees and we getting ready to play in the championship game. But I can't play because my head is pounding, you know, just just a big time headache. And um, I remember my assistant coach coming to me and said, hey, um, do you mind if I pray for you? I'm like, pray for me? I've, n- I've never heard of anything like that at that point. I'm like, yeah, because this, this head is pounding. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He said, okay, look, all you have to do is believe. I said, that's it? He said, just believe that it's going to work, right? And so he started praying for me, right? And, and, and he said, in Jesus' name, gone. Headache gone. <laughs> so, so at this point, I'm like running around the whole stadium, t- you know, little kid running. Around, oh my God, it's magic! This guy's magic. Jesus is magic, and 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 um, and that was the first time that I realized how powerful um, belief is. Okay, 
and of course we went on to win the game, win the championship, um, Jan Marie and, and all that good stuff. And so at that point, I, I started to understand that. But he taught us excellence, right? It starts with, with you want to strive for excellence in everything you do. So he was on us, even about teaching us, he, he taught us how to fold our jeans up and put them in a locker and the whole nine, right? And I, and I really got good at that. And, and so I used to teach everybody else, all my other teammates, how to crease their pants and fold them up and put them in the locker, man. But he was the first one who taught me about excellence and striving for that and believing that you can do whatever you want to do. I remember him telling me, he said, look, you're going to the NFL. I was in the third grade. Hey, you, you, you're the greatest thing I've ever seen. And, and I Cast just started, vision on you as man, a third grader. I just started believing it. Yeah. You know, and when I got on the football field, that's what I saw. I saw I was the best kid on the football field, right? And of course, we won championships every year that I played. And then I get into high school and I, I get a, another great coach. But this coach, what, what he taught me was more discipline, you know, how, how to play discipline football. Okay. And of course, we went on and win a championship there, and and um, and and so again, Did you I win the state championship in high school. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. I, I remember. Uh, first of all, I wasn't even gonna play high school football, so they keep calling me. They calling me. They calling. I'm, I'm, I'm too small. I'm not gonna play. So I'm, I'm I'm afraid, right? I'm going from middle school to you know junior high during our days, right to to high school, and and I was afraid. And they would call, call my stepdad, finally answered the phone. And he said, son, you're a football player. Because I was telling my basketball player at the time, because, you know, no contact. Absolutely. <laughs> and so um, he, he tells me, look, get your butt up there. And so I go up there, and I remember the first practice. And football came easy to me because, you know, I, I can quickly remember plays and remember things quickly. And so, you know, we were running cover two threw the ball to the sideline, broke off the hash, picked the ball off, and they was like, we've never seen a kid do that, all right? And I'm thinking it's just normal stuff. Like, this is what you told me to do, so this is what I do. And and and, and I remember that time um, he, he brought me into his office. He said, well, you want to go to college? And I said, I want to go to Nebraska. Because I always wanted to go to Nebraska since the third grade. And so I said, I want to go. I'm going to Nebraska. I had the belief it was already in me, right? I had the the excellence of striving for excellence that was already built in me as a little kid. And now I'm learning the discipline that it takes to become great. And I remember he told me, he said, you're not fast enough or big enough to go to Nebraska. And so I asked him, I said, okay, so if I'm not fast enough or big enough to Nebraska, how fast you got to be and how big you got to be? And he told me. The next, you know, coming into my senior year, that summer we test. Guess what my numbers were? Exactly <laughs> what he told me, right? I went training. Don't you don't you wish he would have told you to be like three inches taller? And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I could have changed that. But you know, and and so um I get to college and, and, and now I'm learning how to be a man. Right? And and I'm learning where that comes from. And I'm learning that, that that comes from having a personal relationship with our creator. And, and, and now things change in Tom Osborne. So he taught me the spiritual side of the man and, and then how that connects with the physical part of the man. 
right? So now I start to understand why I play football, not that I want to play football. And so that's what Coach Osborne taught me, you know. He taught me how to be tough with it. I got hurt, told my ACL up. Um, how do you bounce back from that, right? And so adversity. See, you train for adversity. You don't deal with adversity when it comes. You train for it. So when it comes, you're ready, you know. So people are not tough. People are either trained or untrained. That's what it is. And so he taught me that. And, and, and we did that through practice. Of course, we, we trained ourselves reps after rep. Man, we, we probably did a thousand reps in every practice to become what we became in the 90s. And, of course, we win championships there. And so now I get drafted in, in the um, NFL. And I had, I had three people who influenced me in the, in the NFL. And two of them was players. One was Eric Davis, and he was a corner that, that I played with. He was, I think, seventh year in the league when I came in as a rookie. He taught me the business of football. He taught me what it meant to be a professional football player as far as the business side of it, right, and, and, and how to get on the football field and create a brand. Because he, he played at San Francisco, and so he understood that from them guys, Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and Steve Young. And so when he came to the Panthers, he, he understood how to make this thing a business, right? He taught me how to do that. And from that point on, I, I, I looked at myself as a business. And so everything was now marketing every day. So to, And then I had three head coaches that came through. So I got to – if I don't learn that skill – and I don't learn that ability. How do I now market myself to these two new head coaches who didn't draft me to keep me on their football team as a starter and as a player? And I was able to do that because of what Eric Davis taught me, right? And then Sam Mills. Hang on one second, yeah. Mike. So Eric taught you the business. Yes. Share one element of his secret sauce. What was mm-hmm. like? What was like one of the critical things that you would like to share that mm-hmm. – distinguishes football from just being a game right. to being a business. Mm. I think one of the things he shared with me that I thought was the, was the greatest is I was coming into my contract year and, and he told me, he said, look, a man can't perform if he always worried about performing. I was like, huh? Well, that's good, right? It, no, you, you, you need to just go out and have fun. See, and I think that's the difference in businesses. Do you love what you do or you just worried about a paycheck or worried about what's next or, or, or what? So are you doing it from the passion and the love and the desire or are you doing it from pressure, uh, force? Um, I have to. And from that, and, and when he told me that it clicked, and from that point on, I started to understand that a business needs to be ran from the why, not from the what or the or the how. It's it's the why. And and man, I had the greatest season I ever had as a professional is because I understood the why. And he taught me that way back then. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, continuing though. Sam Mills. Sam Mills. He was a great one. He he was the he was the other one, right? And and what, what he taught me is how to be a professional as far as how to come to work, how to prepare, how to get your teammates to respond. So he taught me that. 
he was he I played with him his last year. So my rookie year was his last year. And I saw him lead. And see what he taught me with leadership was first you have to build the culture that you need to build with your teammates, right? Then you need to teach them. So you can't expect them or demand them to do it. You got to teach them how to do it. And so you got to spend time, you know, teaching them how to make that happen. And then once you teach them the standard, then you got to keep them accountable, which is fight for it, right? So so everything has to be account. Everybody got to be held accountable. And that was the one thing that I didn't understand as a as a leader is that you know everybody's accountable, and and you as a leader have to keep them there. And and that's the hard part. This is where people fail. This is where people get tired. This is why when you get older in this business of coaching, you 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 lose it because you're tired of fighting. Like, I'll let that slip. I'll let that slide right there. Oh, that's that's not worth it. Because you you ain't got the energy. This is why they want young people who got energy, because you gotta fight a lot for the culture. He taught me how to do that in real life action. And you know, what what I learned from him is is, is how to be a leader, right? And then, you know, Coach Fox, what he taught me was how to motivate people. Coach Fox is the greatest motivator I ever seen. Okay, Coach Osborne wasn't that. He, he wasn't the guy who was going to motivate you, give you speeches. But Coach Fox knew how to command the message. First day he comes in, we 0-15 or 1-15. He comes in the next year, and the first thing he says to us, we're going to be champions. All right, all right, let me see. He said, and let me tell you, anybody who loses 15 games in a row, don't have nothing to say about it. Oh, oh, all right. Let me, let me, let me see. Right, and and um, and then he he just started letting us know what it took. Okay, what it took to be great. He said it's going to be the hardest training camp you ever seen, hardest training camp you ever been in, because that's what it's going to take for us to be champions. And of course, he come from you know the Steelers and. Giants, and so he already understood what it meant to go to that 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 point. Went to a Super Bowl, and so he understood what it meant to lose that Super Bowl too. And so he 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 told us, man, we're gonna build champions, and, and we went to work. Okay, and but every day he was had a message, man. And he started with the which is what I use is um, the pyramid of success, and he started with that. And he started teaching us the the fifteen blocks of of what you need in John Wooden's pyramid of success. And so he'll go through the cornerstones and then he'll go through the base of the foundation and he'll go through all 15 blocks. And then we became, okay, the pyramid. And that's what took us from one in 15 to the Super Bowl. All right. We embraced it. We bought into it. We embraced it and we became that. That's awesome. And John Wooden, I had the good fortune to, be with John Wooden up in Springfield, Massachusetts uh, for a week mm. during the McDonald's All-American High School basketball game several years ago. And I'm the one that picked him up at the airport. Just a humble, he just, he's one of those men that you knew was special. Yeah. But for a champion to be, for, for champions, usually they, they learn from other champions. Yeah. Nobody reinvents the wheel. Now I want to plug a fantastic book co-authored by Gary Chapman who is a New York Times bestseller with the book Five Love Languages and by one of my close friends, Clarence Schuler. Their book, Choose Greatness, 
dives into the 11 critical choices every young man makes and how these young men can make the right choices so they can get on the path to greatness. I have seen in my time many NFL players mess up their careers, lives, and marriages because they lacked guidance when they were younger. I wish I could have given them this book because after reading it, I have no doubt it would have helped them avoid their pains and given them a GPS path to greatness. You have an opportunity to help the teens in your life choose greatness. You can pick up a copy of Choose Greatness by Gary Chapman and Clarence Schuler at Amazon.com. Being a player for a long time, okay, and you've been a coach now for a long time, but being a player for a long time, what what halftime speech? What that you know? Because you know, it's hard to it's hard to motivate yeah, yeah. players. Yeah. But when you were a player, what halftime speech comes to mind? When you what maybe it was Coach Fox yeah. that really hits you between the eyes. Listen, see, Coach Osborne was a was a scientist. See a difference. He was a scientific guy, and he knew how to chop up a team from a holistic standpoint and his offense against their defense, okay? So we playing Miami. This is the first championship that we win in 94. And he comes in at halftime, and he tells us, guys, this is how it's going to play out. And he goes to tell us how the whole game is going to play out. He goes to tell us what Warren Sapp is going to be looking like at the end of the third quarter. Right, he started telling us what their defense was going to. Because at, at that time, you know Warren Sapp and those guys, they had a lot of great football players, you know, and 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 so I think Mike Barrow was the linebacker that was on that team, and and so it plays out exactly. It don't hit me at that point. It hit me when it's going on, right? And I'm and I'm watching every single thing that he said happen. So at that point, I think the man is God. I mean, <laughs> I mean, who else knows that type of stuff, right? And it's because he didn't seen so many games. He didn't broke down so much film. And it, it it's really was a scientific approach to what we did. And so it, it wasn't – and he wasn't yelling. He wasn't screaming. He's just talking about like we are, man. And he was just like, look, matter of factly, this is what's going to happen. I'm like, okay. And then it started happening. What 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 is that going to do to us, right? That, that's going to make us start to believe more, and it's it, it's really happening, right? And and so then our confidence get bigger, and and that's what happened because we won the game in the fourth quarter because of we started believing that everything he said was going to happen, and and it, and it happened just like he said it was, and then we started hitting them up the gut with the with the. Uh, uh, we, we was basically doing a fullback trap, and that's when Corey Sessinger scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter because we already knew they was tired, they weren't going to be in the right spots, and they were going to be running out there trying to stop Tommy Frazier on the option, and we were going to be hitting them up the gut. And he told us that, and it happened. That is awesome. Yeah. How often do you cast that kind of vision for your mm-hmm. team? See, because I learned that skill from Coach Osborne. That's what I do. I paint the picture for my guys before the game. Right? So do you have yourself winning every game? No. <laughs> no, I don't. That's, maybe I should do that, right? So so I don't I, I don't tell them the results. Okay. What I tell them is what's going to happen in the game, 
right? So I, I, I tell them what type of game it's going to be. And I tell them what's the most important pieces in this game. And this is what we have to master. If we master these things, whatever these things are in each game, we'll win the game, okay? And so I can remember this year, we, we getting ready to play triple option team. They rated number two in the country, Kennesaw State. And so I'm watching them, and I watch, you know, every game they had this year, every game they had last year. And, and I start to see the story with these guys. And it reminded me of who? Me in Nebraska, what we used to do to people. I said, man, this is exactly what we used to do to people. And and I said, what, what's going to be important is the, the last five minutes in the second quarter. Because normally what they would do, this type of team, is they would, get, they would take the ball in the second half, right? But they would get the ball with five minutes to go in the second quarter and drive the ball and, and use up all the time and then score. Or the other offense would get the ball. They would stop them, and they would punt it to them, okay, and they would have about three minutes to go, and they would hit them with big plays, and they would score at the end of the half, get the ball back, score again, and then now all of a sudden it's a 14-point deal, and your offense have not been on the field for the last, you know, hour. Right. So you cold. You know, you, you have no rhythm, and they, and they take you apart from that point. So I told them, I said, guys, look, offense. Don't worry about nothing else. So it's going to come down to two things. It's going to come down to third downs because they're going to get you in third downs. You got to convert them. Okay. I said, the other thing is, is that I should say three things. It's the last five minutes. Guys, we're going to get the ball. I don't know. It's going to be somewhere around five and or four minutes. We're going to get the ball. We cannot give them the ball back. So we practice that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. This is how we're going to drive the ball. These are the plays that we're going to run and blah, 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 right? And, you know, sometimes coaches and players like, mm, no, right? Right. Ah, let's see, right? See what <laughs> yeah, let's see what he's smoking this week. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, and then I told my defense, I said, what we have to do is just stop them the first two times they get the ball. Because if we stop them the first two times they get the ball, that means we didn't got the ball three times. We get the ball first. They're going to give us the ball first. So that means if we can score, guys, within those three times, two times, a field goal, touchdown, two touchdowns, whatever, just two for three, we got to just do that. Then when we get that ball to back five minutes left to go, what will happen is because they'll score that third time. They're going to score. Look, I don't care how great you are. They're going to score that, that, that third series that they get the ball. Okay. And I said, but we up 10-7, right? Yes. And um, learning that skill from Tom Osborne. Absolutely. And, and using that skill and giving you an example of um, me doing that. So, anyway, we get in the game. So, it's live now, right? We get the ball. We don't score. All right, well, we got three opportunities. Right? <laughs> I got two more to go. Yeah, yeah, so we good. So uh, we kick the, we punt the ball to them. We stop them, which is what the defense is supposed to do two times, right? Okay, so we get the ball back. We don't we, – we, we break a long run. We get into what I call the goal zone, which is, um, you know, from the plus 40 to field goal range, wherever your kicker can kick, and – so we get to that area. It's a big area. You got you got to make plays in this area, right? So, and and you should know what you're running in this area. And and it's third and eight. We didn't get it, so we have to punt the ball. 
they get the ball inside the 10. And it's the second time now. So defense job is to not let them score in the first two drives. And then the other thing is don't let them get big plays. So you got to make them drive, right? So they continue to drive, continue to drive. They keep the ball for like seven, eight minutes, and they finally score. But it's in the second quarter. So it's 7-0 in the second quarter. I'm like, okay, we, we're there. But we haven't scored in our <laughs> in our three times that we get it. We get the ball back third time, and we don't score. So we kick the ball back to these guys. And so these guys, one score, one play, touchdown. Defense can't do it. That's the one thing we can't do. No chunk plays. Boom, touchdown. So it's 14-0. Five minutes ago. You get the ball. We get the ball. Here we go. Here, <laughs> I tell my coach, here we go, right? Players. And and we fall start. We we hold. We fall start like three times. We just self-destruct, right? right. The, the, the moment is here. And, and we self-destruct and, and we kick the ball back to them. That's what they do. They go right down and score 21 nothing at halftime. Game over. They're going to get the ball back. They get the ball back. They score again, 28-0. That's the end of the game. So you had the script. <laughs> you had the secret sauce. Just couldn't execute. That's right. So one of the things that will be interesting is when you guys play those, those that mm-hmm. team again. Like, did they change coaches this offseason? Um, defense. On defense? Yes. But, Which is know, a big piece. A big piece of yes. their program. Lost 37 seniors. Wow. Yeah. But you know their DNA. Right. You can reflect on, hey, last year we had the plan, but we didn't execute it. Mm-hmm. Plan this year might be a little bit different, mm-hmm. but maybe pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that because when you look at games, it's not just mm-hmm. throw the ball out. Mm-hmm. You know, there is there is a rhythm to the game. There are there's ways to to do what Kennesaw does. Mm-hmm. You know, get fourteen. They they get a fourteen point swing the way they play their That's games. That's right. That's right. Okay. And they they do take a do take the opposition's offense out of the game by being on the sidelines for so long. You had the twenty thirty minutes at halftime plus those two drives on the bookends of the of the half. It demoralizes kids yes. when, players when they don't get to play. Yes, yes. You get cold, right? So, so you don't even. But here's a psychological piece to it, right? You, you you don't even know that you're not in flow anymore because the game itself is still going on. But the game within the game, you out of sorts. You really haven't been in, right? And so this is why your offense sputters when it gets back on the football field because you have no rhythm, what we call rhythm in sports, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, every game has a story. It and does. I believe it's, it's up to the coaches to understand what their story is going to be, right? And then you – set it out for your player to say, okay, here go the story, guys. This is what it's going to look like, okay? And so what you have to do then is prepare for the scenes in the story. Okay. And for those coaches that don't set out the story, they're just victims of yes. whatever the other team's story is. That's right. That's right. Right. And some people just don't even know the story is going on. So, <laughs> so it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's just, the story is we're just better than you. We're just going to beat you, right? And and so you go out recruit everybody, and you think that's what the that's how my story is going to be every time. But then you run against somebody who got just as good of players as you do, 
but you're not an expert at telling the story. You, you're not an expert in painting the picture. You, you don't know how many story scenes or how many story stories is out there. You know, what category is this going to be? Is this going to be a thriller? Oh, this is going to be a horror story, right? Or is this, or is this going to be a love story? What, what, what kind of story we got, right? Is this going to be this long, drawn-out type movie that's going to be boring? And um, and you got to stand to Or is this going to be a tricky one? You know, because you don't know, you know, like the, the, the unusual suspect. You don't know which one going to be the suspect this week. Oh, it's him. Oh, it's my quarterback. Oh, you don't know who's going to be that. So... Everybody got a story. And I think that's what made football so great is because it really plays out as a movie. And it's in one of those categories, action. You know, a lot of people love the up-tempo offense. Action, man. It's an action story. So so you want to go to a movie flick that like action? You want to go to a movie flick that will be some defense, some horror going on? Like this dude is going to knock your face mask off, right? So you got all these different things that, that, that plays a part. And I think that's you also part have of drama. Drama. You have a player that, that's one of your critical <laughs> yes. guys get hurt. Yes. And you're not ready. You're going to experience some drama. Yes. You know, and I, I think yes. the other part of it is the best teams and the best coaches have their teams mentally prepared to play in different types of movies because of what happens during a game, yes. you know, yes. and, you know, sometimes just, Hey, you get bad weather yes. and it's not going to be a 65 to 58 game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a 96 game, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Mike moving to, you know, I knew you when you were playing, I watched you in college, uh, worked with you during your career in the league. I remember having conversations with you about how awesome of a football coach you would be. Mm. Yeah. And initially you wanted to get away from football and, and do business. Yes. Yeah. So then you got back into football yeah. and just started winning state championships at the high school level. Why did you get into coaching? And what, in, you know, what, what, what was the turning point that you were like, I got to get back into coaching, mm, great, get great, back into the game. Great question. My kids was, you know, I was doing little leagues because my boys was playing. And sure. So I was coaching their little league teams and and then coaching them in basketball too. So I did both. I did the, the football and the basketball coaching with my my kids. And and uh, on the basketball team, it was a young man that played with my boys. And me and his dad got, got close. And, and he became the headmaster, or I should say the athletic director at the, at a high school. And he wanted me to come in and help him build – his football program because he knew I had a little league and, and you know, it was like, we can tie this together. I, I can be the feeding system to, you know, to, to your high school. And it was a private school. So you can do something like that. And so it wasn't about district or anything like that. And, and so um, I said, man, that'd be fun. You know, that'd be fun. Said, yeah, let's do that. So I'm still not thinking about coaching it. <clears throat> and so when I get there, the coach didn't like that. Too much. The head coach at the high school. Mm. I know what I'm doing. Why, why I need him to come in here and tell me how to build my football program? I get it, right? But we was looking from a bigger global sense of you bring the NFL, connect that to it, the celebrity piece to it, and then you be this 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 football program become the program that everybody send their kids to, right? So all these NFL guys that move in, all these NBA um, players that move in. 
their kids go to my school, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so this is what we were trying to get done. And, and so the head coach resigned at the end of the year. So we don't even have a coach. And we got this great plan with no coach. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I said, I'll take it. And so I took um, the job in, in June. And I didn't know nothing about high school football, right? I've been playing the National Football League for, for a decade. I have absolutely no clue of what the zone read is. I don't have no clue of, you know, of the formations, who important in high school football. I have, I have no clue of that, right? And, and, and so I went to study. So I studied spread football uh, from June to July. The training camp starts in August. And I didn't want to change the anything with the kids. I wanted them to um, run the same offense, and they was a spread offense at the time. And I wanted them to run the same defense. Well, defense was pretty easy because that's what I played, and so I didn't have to study that. I, I, I mean, I know the different defenses. I just needed to know what was effective in high school football. Absolutely. What is everybody doing from that standpoint, right? And so I, I studied spread football. I bought every book. I, I listened to every podcast and every person that ever. I bought every video, you know. I mean, it was just all that, right? And so all of a sudden, uh, we, we we get into the season, right? Man, I we, we blow out the first team. Okay. And then the second game, we – no, 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 no. First, no. First game, okay, we get blowed out. That's what happened. Yeah, that first game we get blowed out. So we, we go up in the mountains in, in, in North Carolina, first game, first high school game. And I'm, I'm like, I got to just see what's going to happen. And, and I had an offensive coordinator, had a defensive coordinator, because that's how you're supposed to do it, right? That's what everybody <laughs> – so, so I have this, and, and, and we get in the game, and we get killed. I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, we can't move the ball. We, we can't stop them. And, and, and so I got upset. <laughs> so I took the play calling from everybody. In the middle of the game. It was fourth quarter at the time that I did it. I said, man, I'm tired of seeing this. I'm calling every play. And so I went to calling every play, and, and we come back. And we make it respectable. We lose by seven points. But but at the at the time, we were getting blown out. And so all of a sudden, we we coming back, and, 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 and that's when it hit me. Ooh. Oh, I'm a coach. You're a coach. I'm a coach. Because, at, 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 you know, before that, I was just kind of being – you know, the guy who was, you know, kind of running the show, put the program together. But I'm going to let these dads over here coach the game, and I'm not going to really get involved in that piece. Competitive juices came out. Oh, it was over. <laughs> Craig, yeah. it, it was like I was in the Super Bowl again. <laughs> it was like, no, no, let's do this, and this is how we're doing it, and, and let's go. And, and so I watched the film. I took the film home, and I watched the film for like two days. I did not come out of my office for two days. I'm just watching the same game over and over and over. Because what what I do know is that if I watch something long enough, I'm going to find the system and how it works. And I'm going to find the script and the movie and how it goes together. Because that's how I was as a player, which is why I was able to play the way I played. And so it hit me. I said the edge of the offense is where you win in high school football. So instead of having spread where you got four receivers spread it out everywhere, I'm going to put this 
the biggest dude on the edge, and he's going to be my tight end, and he's going to set the edge for me, and, and that's going to be the key to my offense. Never lost again. Are you enjoying the podcast interviews we do here at Pro Mindset? Then head on over to Bob Rourke's Business Leaders Podcast at businessleaderspodcast.com to hear more interviews like ours as Bob meets with business leaders from across Colorado to uncover their secrets to success. You'll learn about success in a variety of industries. His podcast will inspire, motivate, and introduce you to the tools and disciplines of elite business leaders. Guests enjoy being on the show because it's informal, wide-ranging, friendly, and candid. Listen, learn, and succeed. So you won the state a couple times? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's shift gears for a moment, and let's kind of look at the guys you have in the locker room. Yeah. You know, you recruit them, you develop them, you coach them, you manage them, you have all these relationships with these guys. What do you, you know, we talk, we talk about belief, we talk about confidence, talk about DNA, lots of these words, mindset. What are you looking for and what, what separates the elite superstar mm-hmm. kind of player from everyone else? Okay. It's what I call the cornerstones. And it's the cornerstones of the pyramid that we talked about earlier. It's industriousness is the word that, that he used. So it's an old word, and, and, and a lot of people don't know what that word means, right? But it, it simply means hard work, okay? But not just hard work. It's hard work with a purpose and a, and a plan. And Because and, there's a lot of people working hard out there today that have nothing to show for it because it's, it's not their plan they're working hard on. And so you must have a purpose, a vision of where you want to go with your life, okay? So when I look at a young man and I look at somebody who wants to play this game of football, you better know what you want out of it. You can't do this casually. You just can't show up and say, okay, I'm going to lift weights hard, I'm going to run sprints hard, and I'm going to practice hard for you, coach, and you have no vision of what you want to do with your career. When I find that kid and, I, and you know, when I ask them that question, or questions that relate to that, and they can tell me what they want because I knew what I wanted in the third grade. I knew I wanted to go to Nebraska in the third grade. I had that purpose. So when I was working hard, it wasn't just working hard, right? Mm-hmm. It's working hard because I know I want to go to Nebraska. And so everything was lined up to that. And and so, you know, that's the first thing I look at. Here's the second thing I look at, the other cornerstone, is enthusiasm. Will you do anything for the game, right? That's legal, <laughs> and 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 you know, do you have passion for it? Is is this something that you get up? Nobody has to tell you to get up in the morning. See, I used to get up at five o'clock in the morning, ride my bike to practice. Okay, when we had tour days, and then I ride my bike over to my cousin's house who lived close by the high school. Okay, and then I go get take a little nap, get back up. Make sure I'm at the practice field ready to go for the next practice when I was in high school. See, I used to walk when I was in elementary from from where we was at, you know, 10, 15 miles to get to practice every single day so I can be there and ready to go. Do you have that type of enthusiasm? Do you have that type of passion? See, because when you become a student athlete, it's, it's, it's a lot going on. And it's the first time you by yourself. Do you have what it takes to get up every morning to go dominate the day because you know that academics, you know that community work, 
You know that lifting weights in the physical piece of what we do. You know that watching film, you know that all leads to your purpose, whatever that purpose is, going to the National Football League, if that's what it is, then that's what everything is leading to. And so you got to have passion for that because guess what? It's going to get boring, man. It's going to get hard. It's going to get mundane. It's going to get repetitive. And the people who make it is the people who have that passion and enthusiasm inside that says, I even love the mundane stuff. Okay, that's what that's how people get separated because people get bored and then they start thinking about other things. They get bored so they want to go do something else. Something else might be more fun at the time or easier at the time. And then you off track. Right. Yeah. So that's what I look for. Okay. So let's talk about flow or in the zone yes. in a game. Mm-hmm. When you were a player, whether it was basketball, football in high school, football in the pros or in college, and you just like made five plays in a row, you got a pick six. I, saw, I remember getting a few pick sixes. You know, game slows down. You see it happen before it happens. You knew the play was coming. You ju- you took the chance. What Describe for me or for us how – how that feels and what's, what's going through your mind when you're in the flow? Well, when you're in the flow, you're not thinking, right? So thinking is not part of it. I, I try to tell people, you, you, you know, you're, of course, I'm, I'm sure your listeners know this because of, you guys talk about mindset all the time. But the mind is broken up into two pieces, right? You got the conscious and you got the unconscious, and the conscious mind is where you critically thinking about things like you are, you are actually thinking about it. And you can only think about and hold in your conscious mind roughly seven to nine things. That's it. After that, it's, it's overload. You can't you can't. That, that's when you just blank out because it's, it's you know, what they call information overload. You, your brain can't handle that. And so. What you try to do is you try to get to your subconscious mind because there is where it's actually unlimited storage space of what's going on. And that's when you're doing things without thinking about it. Okay. And so as a player, your job is to get to the subconscious mind and let that go. And it's hard to get there because you got so many things consciously going on that you get distracted. And so you look at what's going on and it's moving fast and information overload frees up. You can't move. This is why players can't play. You say, in practice, man, you're making all the plays, but when the lights come on, you freeze up. Why? It's because it's so much that they're taking in and they shouldn't be taking it in. A lot of this stuff should be in the subconscious. And so now the five things that you need to be thinking about, not the 100 things that, that's going on in the game. It's the five things that's critical. Like I told you, the story, the chapters. These five things right here is what you really need to be worried about. The other stuff should be automatic. Okay. So when you're in the flow, what's going on is, is that you are actually playing out of your subconscious. Okay. And then that's why the game slow down because you're only looking for like three things. So it's a hundred things going on, but you're only looking for three. And them three things are really slow. And you're like, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. And and, and um, so all of a sudden you play so fast. 
and everything else is slowing down because it's automatic. All the other movements, all the other thinking is automatic because you have trained yourself. Remember what I said. It's not tough people that make it. You either train or untrain. And when you trained, you live in your subconscious in the battle. That's how you get to flow. That's when you know that everything is just working, right? Um, I, I listen to Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, and they say, man, I've shot that shot a million times before I got in the game. That's where I try to get our guys. That's what, that's what my program is all about, right? My program is to get you to the subconscious so then now your conscience can, can be effective uh, within the game. And, and uh, you know, that's, it's hard to do because you only got 20 hours a week to deal with these kids. And so now um, you got to train them on how to go do it themselves. And that's what I do with my guys when I teach them how to watch film. I teach them how to get to that subconscious. I teach them how to become the pyramid, okay, not just learn the pyramid, become the pyramid. Because when you become the pyramid, again, everything flows subconsciously. You know, you, you don't want that to be conscious mind. So now I can talk about winning football. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Every year, mm. there's athletic directors that, that need to make a change, yeah. okay, because they need more butts in the seats. Mm. They need more wins. Mm. They need to change the culture. Perhaps the program isn't going in alignment with where they want the program to go. And you're one of those coaches that, you know, you, you, you check a lot of boxes. High character, tremendous successful track record, player coach. You've been a champion. You're connected to a lot of successful coaches. Why would an AD that's listening to this want to hire you? That's a great. That's a great question. But I think that in, in in anything, people won't be successful. So if it's an athletic director, if it's a player, if it's a um, student that's a regular student in the school, um, if it's a coach, everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to unlock that greatness that they have inside. And so when you hire me, you're hiring somebody who understands how to do that. Right. Unlock the greatness in people. Unlock the greatness in your program. Unlock the greatness in the community. Unlock the greatness, you know, at the university itself. Unlock the greatness in the fan base and unlock the greatness in the boosters who support the program financially. Right. That's what it's all about. And so when you get a coach like me, you're getting somebody who understands how to build systems that then unlock the greatness in the people that's in, involved, right? And that's a, that's the difference. I believe that's what it's all about. I think that's what we did when I was in Little League, when I was in high school, when I was in, at Nebraska, when we got Coach Fox and we went to the Super Bowl. All these people built a culture, a program that understood how to unlock the greatness in people. And then we was able to flourish and be all that we could be, which created – you know, championships, and that's what I did in high school. You know, these kids never won a championship before. And, and what I came in is is I built a program to unlock their greatness and, and, and then let them go, you know. Let them be what they're going to be, and, and you look up and you're going to be very successful. Now, that's very difficult to do. It's not hard. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do is to build a program that 
they don't even know that I'm unlocking their greatness. And that's what a head coach should do. He should he should be part of that where um, he's building it and the player don't even know what's going on. So when you look at the Alabamas, when you look at Clemson's other world, what you see is you see young men, they come in, you know, snotty-nosed freshmen, and they leave unlocked. And that's why you got guys going to the National Football League. That's why you got numerous of guys graduating and getting jobs and, and all these things, becoming leaders in the community, becoming leaders in corporate America. Why? It's because they learned how to unlock the greatness. And so now I can flow and now I can give my gift to the world, really is what it's all about. And so, you know, as an athletic director, that's what you should be striving to do is is to win championship. And the way you win championship is you unlock the greatness of people because it's all about people. And um, so we, we create the standard and then we keep you accountable to it. Thank you, Coach. You're hired. Thank you. Unleash the greatness. <laughs> yes. I appreciate yes. you being on today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pro Mindset. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Five stars, of course. You can follow us on our website, promindsetpodcast.com, or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pro Mindset Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you the next time.